Hey friends, Jason here, the host of the Speak With People podcast. Before we hop into this episode, the Lead With People, Not At Them series, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to speak like a leader? So many of us aren't ready to answer that because we don't think we have the confidence. We're too fearful or we just aren't given the opportunities to speak in public. And maybe if we do, we don't understand how to put our thoughts together in a clear way and then all the nerves attack us, the beads of sweat and the ums and our stomach turns over. It's time to end all of that. Speak With People is introducing a brand new course called Speak Like a Leader. This is for the everyday leader to speak with confidence, clarity, and in a captivating way. You are going to be absolutely ready when your boss says, hey, can you give an update on the project you've been working on in front of the team? You're going to stand up with confidence. You're going to be clear, and you're going to captivate that room. You're going to close more sales. You're going to be able to communicate more clearly. You're going to be able to deepen your relationships because you're going to speak like a leader. Now, it opens up November 27th, but then it closes December 17th. So you only have a few weeks to get in on this offer and get your own course to speak like a leader. This includes nine different modules, all of the training videos that you can watch on your own, all of the different worksheets, and then additional worksheets. It also includes two private coaching sessions with me. Go to speakwithpeople.com slash speaklikealeader and get your course today. And now for this episode of the Lead With People, Not At Them series. Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm so excited that you are joining us today. Here at Speak With People, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we really hope that our time together today on the podcast uh, really it challenges you, inspires you, encourages you to uh, breathe life into your world with your communication. Uh, before we hop into just a a fantastic conversation with a great leader. I wanted to remind you about the Speak With People community Facebook group. If you're looking for a place where you can be encouraged, challenged, uh, again, inspired to keep growing in your communication skills, just go to Facebook and search for the Speak With People Facebook group. Come on in and join us. We love to curate ideas. We love to challenge each other. We love to put different articles and videos to kind of spur our growth. So thank you again for being a part of that. Well, how is your leadership? Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast series, we've been talking about uh, leadership. And every single week in this series, we're dealing with uh, improving our own leadership. And so today we dive into a great conversation about how impactful our communication is and can be to our leadership. Uh, how do you truly and actually communicate? Do you communicate in an impactful way? So often, uh, sometimes we communicate and we think we're being heard, but we're really not. Why is that? What's the difference? What's the breakdown? What's happening there? And so today we're going to discover some secrets that hopefully will empower you to captivate uh, and communicate in, in an impactful way. And I am just blown away uh, by uh, the guest who is joining us today. Just an absolutely amazing leader, uh, business owner, consultant, trainer, communication expert. And I am uh, just beyond humble to have her on the podcast. And I want to go ahead and welcome our guest, uh, Ulrike Seminati, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. And thank you for this wonderful introduction. Good absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, like we were just saying a few minutes uh, offline, I, I have learned so much from you already, have loved going to your website and reading your resources. And so thank you for you know putting out there what you do because it's it's been really helpful. 
Yeah, thanks. And I love that topic. As you might have seen, I have a lot of passion for that a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's these topics on communication, everybody has heard it so often already. We need to communicate better and better and so on. And yet it's not happening. So I think there's still a lot to do about it. I love that. Yeah, I was just talking with a group of college students yesterday about communication and we take it for granted because we all do it every single day. And yet we really need to invest in it so it begins will keep growing and getting better. Yeah, exactly. I fully agree. Fully agree. <laughs> I love that. Well, hey, before we hop into our conversation, I'd love for our listeners just to kind of get to know you more. Tell us a little bit about you and your story and what you do and all that. Yeah. So for the past five years, I have my own business, as you said, as a trainer and um, coach around leadership and communication or leadership communication <laughs> altogether. And I'm doing this with great passion and a great background, too, because for before I was for 24 years, uh, a corporate communications executive myself across mm -hmm. a number of industries, across all hierarchy levels until I reached even the C-level suit of a pharmaceutical group based in Switzerland. And I realized that communication, as you say, is one of these things you can have the best campaigns in the world, you know, around values and mission and vision, I don't know what, and company right. goals. If the communication between human beings if leader-led communication isn't really powerful and authentic and credible, these campaigns land nowhere. Mm. <laughs> so it's yeah? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so I thought, okay, for, for like the 20 years that when I was in the corporate world, everybody was always speaking about communication. It was always the one thing that we need to improve when we did employee service, for example. But still, it's always and still the one point that we need to improve. Right. <laughs> right. And so I decided to step out of the corporate world with this idea in mind, using my own experience and also, you know, and I know the pain points that you have as a junior leader, a middle management leader, uh, a senior leader, a C-level executive, even it's pretty different, but in many areas, it's also the same. And to bring this very pragmatic and easy to apply view into the, the topic of communication, mm. because what I've seen often that it's very academical, let's say, and there are a lot of models out there and big stuff and great stuff. The problem is the more it's complicated, the less people will apply it and only applied knowledge is power. It's not just knowledge is power wow. in my opinion. That wow. Is <laughs> wow. That's gold. Applied knowledge is power. I have to write that down because that is, uh, that is powerful. Do you find, um, uh, before we kind of hop into some of the questions already, I already have so many questions just from what you already you already said. Do you have uh, hope for the future as you look at communication as, as specifically, you know, now in the workforce, we have so many generations of, of people working together from different age brackets. Do you have hope that, you know, we're going to keep improving? Are there parts of concern for you because, you know, these generations have to communicate, you know, and we're all so different. I, I was just curious what you think about that. I think there are pros and cons about that. The pros definitely are that the people are longing for better communication. And the fact that we have to learn how to communicate between the different generations is something where people start questioning themselves. Also, yes. people in their 50s today start questioning themselves about their communication style because they realize I can't land with the guy who is 25 years old, for example. Right. So that's the good thing, I think. And also, 
the more and more we are in the digital space, more and more we did online calls all the time and didn't even meet people in person. So there is a different need today for direct communication. There's a bit more of awareness that this is something that exists, not just something that we automatically do, like you said in the beginning, because we do that since we are born, basically, right. Right. but not very consciously, actually. Right. So I think this is why there's hope. But there is also then a the difficulty, I think, that especially the very young generations communicate so much online in, the, in written and abbreviated shapes and forms on their mobile phone mm. that I wonder how they will learn to communicate impactfully from human to human in a room later. Because right. that is already difficult for all of those who have never communicated online before. Yeah. Right, right. So there's a little bit you know, pros and cons, like I say. Absolutely. I love that. I, I actually, I just spoke in a college class this week and I noticed that half of the students all had their earbuds in. So during class, you know, they, they just keep them in. And, you know, if I go to a restaurant, they keep them in. And so I, I, I don't know why I had missed that, but even that little, you know, um, you know, my age bracket, we, we, when we talk to somebody, we took off our headphones you know, but they keep them in, you know, so even those little tweaks, it, it will be interesting as our communication continues to grow. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. It's, it's odd because automatically it creates a sense of rejection in us. If you see these kind of things, yeah, we feel rejected by the other person, even if we know rationally why they have these earbuds in, even if we know maybe that there's nothing coming out of that and that they're still listening, even if they tell us that they are listening, <laughs> yep. we still feel rejected. And it's a real barrier. It's a barrier to this um, connection that needs to be created if, if you want to yep. communicate with impact. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk about that for a second. So if we want to communicate with impact, what are some of the kind of common myths, uh, you know, surrounding uh, communicating with impact? You know, the things that we think, oh, maybe we thought we were communicating with impact, but but we really weren't. You know, w walk us through some of those. I think the main one is really that we believe communicating with impact is about thinking about a powerful message. Yeah. Shaping the words, the famous key message. And then just bring it out with all the power we have and convince people about that. And I think that's the exact opposite of what we should do. <laughs> this is the big myth, yeah? We feel like it's about sending something strong. That's how it sounds, communicating with impact, yeah? Right. But I think it, we need to shift that perspective completely. We need to, first of all, understand that we have to receive first in the sense that really feeling the audience, not just on paper, like, ah, they are, I don't know, have this age or these kind of interests, but really doing something with that before mm. we even start speaking to them. And I think this, this way of stepping into the shoes of the audience or of the single person we talk to in a one-on-one -on -one discussion, yep. that's really difficult. People think, yeah, that's for sure I do that. But actually, no, 99% <laughs> of people or 99% of our time, what we do is we shape a message we say it from our perspective and it's perfect in our views perfectly understandable as well obviously it's all crystal clear in our eyes yep. and what we do when we do that is that we customize our message to the single person on this planet who will never get this message and that is ourselves wow. that yeah wow. if you remember only that about impactful communication that's the point Wow. Absolutely. Boy, that's so insightful. I mean, and that just, that takes away, you know, so much pressure sometimes, even for what you said in the beginning, because we think, oh, I can't be impactful. And we think big and, you know, loud and, 
you know, it's just not, it's just not always the case. Boy, that's, yeah. uh, that's so helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is the point. And then it's also about, you know, some people hide behind their message then mm. because they think the message is powerful and uh, the content as such is compelling and they do not spend enough time to be clear about their own position towards that message. Wow. Because sometimes we deliver a message, especially at work, that is in the interest of our career, for example, but it's not yeah. something that's close to our heart. We might have to deliver a message that is not something we we truly embrace ourselves. And there comes the problem. Right. <laughs> as soon as you do not have any emotions, any passion for that, or love for the message or whatever, a positive emotion about that, you will you will convey it in a relatively sterile way in the worst case in a way that is not credible at all mm. because your body language will be not congruent incongruent with your words and then people don't believe you and then there your message is not impactful right so what, what people usually don't do when they communicate especially when it comes to corporate messages and things they are told to tell their teams for example is that they first of all work on themselves and their own position towards that and be very clear about that and find some connection even if sometimes that might be difficult taking that time to prepare yourself mentally and then the words come out in a completely different way anyway right. you know you don't have to do a list and of five bullet points that you want to mention because these are the strongest arguments on this planet because what will come out is then something that is much more genuine and authentic and that makes a real difference wow Wow. Take us for a second, like, you know, you have lots of experience in the corporate setting. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm someone who is kind of a, you know, in the mid, mid level. And, uh, I have, I have an idea. I have a message that I want to communicate, you know, with my boss or to the, you know, the, the, the upper tier leaders, but yeah, I, how could I do that? How could I put it together? What advice would you give someone who, you know, they just need that push to be able to communicate the message that they have that they think could improve something in the company or, you know, uh, help in the bottom line? Always think what's in it for them. Mm. Yeah. Not what's in it for you. Typical marketing advice, by the way. Yeah. It's like selling something. What's in it for them? what is interesting in that message that you want to bring across you know you want to if you want for example a budget approval yeah additional budget you, you usually we don't get that but we want that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah or or something that eases the way of working for your team for example whatever think about the profile that you have in front of you what what does this person really want is this person mainly driven by status and power are they interested mainly in their own career often if we communicate um, bottom up then we have that situation that we have someone mm. who's very much interested in their career so if that's the case then really think about how can what i want make them shine not how does it make me shine or my team even if that's what you want but you right. don't communicate that because that's not compelling. That's your message. Like what I said before, that's tailor-made to you. But what's tailor-made to them? And that might be totally different. Or is it a leader who, who is not a risk taker at all? Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they don't want that. Then come up with something where you can say, if we do that, we can create more continuity or more stability. You really need then to think about the, the key. Then it's about keywords that I use. Do, do I use some words like best in class performance achievement? Yeah, that's another another type of personality that who likes that. Then if you say continuity, stability, 
um, I don't know, was reliability, for example. Right. You need to think about that. And I think that is the, what we usually don't do. We think what is this bringing to the team, to the project as such, but not what is it ultimately bringing to the person who has to approve that idea. Mm. Personally, I really think personal. It's about their career oftentimes, or it's about their stability or their job security, or maybe they, are, they love growth and love to see new things and find this really inspiring. Maybe it's about that. But you need to think about what's in it for them. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, it's so powerful because so often it seems we're wired to think the opposite, right? How do mm -hmm. I get ahead? What's in it for me? How can I get to the next? And just to switch that mindset will make our communication so much more impactful. Uh, that's yeah. powerful. W what have you found? Why, why um, it, when communication is so important for a company uh, or a corporation's culture or a team's culture, but why don't, you know, the, the leaders of that team, if the communication gets off, why do they just let it kind of keep getting more and more off the navigation instead of trying to get it back on, trying to, you know, train the team, you know, get the team healthy when it comes to communication? Why does it seem sometimes that it just, they just, once it gets off, it just kind of got more and more toxic, more and more off. And then, you know, two years later, the team is, you know, can't recover. Why do you think mm -hmm. that is sometimes? I think most oftentimes people just don't know how to do it. Mm. First of all, I think they don't see it, not all of them, but I think many people avoid conflicts. In many profiles yes. that I have met avoid conflicts. Yeah? yeah. And that's that's the beginning of that. Because obviously you can feel something's not quite right, but it's not dramatic, so you avoid it. You you just don't look at it. And it's getting bigger and bigger over time and then it becomes really uncomfortable. But at and at some point there is an explosion or something happens like many people are leaving or yep. they make big mistakes because there's no collaboration anymore. More. things like that then it's a bit of a wake-up call the problem is that that most people then just really don't know what to do because they are so much caught up in looking at the situation from their own perspective right because they never made that effort to really look at it from very different from even very opposite perspectives right and it's, it's surprising when i train leaders how how difficult it is to communicate really from a totally opposite perspective and because it, it sounds simple, yeah, step into the other shoes. I do an exercise with them usually around sell a house from a, a profile that is totally the opposite of you in terms of interests, what they mm. want. And there's often long silence. And it's only a house. A house is simple. And a house has a lot of features. A garden right. can be there, a neighborhood in addition to the house. I mean, there are many things you could describe. Yet... People struggle to find one more than one or two arguments, which is really nothing for a house, yeah? right? To, to to sell that to a profile that is not at all in line with their own perspective, and I think that is the problem that we we think we know what the reality is. Every single one person on this planet, eight billion people, think that this is the reality what they mm. see, and it's not. It's just their reality. And everybody has another one. And you have another reality of this discussion than I do. Logically, we're two different people. Yep. And even if we were in the same situation, because now we are not exactly in the same situation, you're interviewing right. me. But even if we were, we would have two different perspectives. And we would both be convinced that's the truth. And as right. long as you stick to this little field of that's how it is or that's how it has to be, 
most oftentimes you can't see any solutions and you will also not allow for communication to become better with the team or for people to speak up a bit more or for you to speak more in their words and all of that you know all of this more let's call it mental flexibility around how you communicate mm. is only there when you create some awareness about your own motivations and how this influences the way you communicate and why people might have perceived something in a completely different way than what you expected them to do. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. Have you found in your uh, leadership experience, the employees, the leaders who on their own take time to make sure they're in investing in their communication skills. I mean, we, we do leadership training, we do physical training, we do emotional training, but sometimes, you know, we don't think as much about our communication skills. Have you found that the leaders who do that, they, they take that step to invest in those skills? Uh, do they experience more success? Do they experience more promotions? I mean, I'm just curious from your vantage point as you've helped companies mm -hmm. and been in companies. Yeah, I think they definitely have an easier life afterwards because they start connecting the dots because wow. you can have a lot of knowledge and a lot of skills and a lot of methods and whatever, what have you, yeah, like you say, in different areas. But communication at the end connects the dots because that is the only interface that we have with other people is always communication, verbal or nonverbal. Even if you say nothing, you communicate, <laughs> you always communicate. Right, right. You cannot not communicate as, as soon as you're there somewhere. Even if you're just standing still in a room, you also communicate something. People have an interpretation of your behavior immediately. That's how it is. Right. So I think it makes their life easier in a way that they don't stumble through different situations without understanding what's going on because they get more of a, of a grasp of why sometimes things go off or why sometimes things are not done. You know, why do I have to send the fifth reminder email for this simple thing? Right. Why do I have to do three follow-up meetings? Whereas in the first one, I expected it to happen already uh, to find a solution or something. Yep. It makes life easier because they can be just with more training and more awareness around how to speak to other people and how to relate themselves to what they actually want to achieve. That's super important. Start with you first, then help others. Yeah, like in the airplane, falling <laughs> 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 down, help yourself first. Many leaders don't do that. Right. When I work with leaders, what I realize is that most of them immediately switch into the team perspective and think about how can I lead the team? How can I influence the team? How can I motivate the team? And it's it's really, I have a hard time on my, on my first part I always work on the I dimension. Yeah, what's about me to bring them back to just think about you first. Oof. You have no clarity about not your values, not your how how what's, what's exactly your position towards the leadership behaviors that are expected from you. Yep. You just don't do some of them. Why? You know, just understanding that, and this time is not taken, and that makes the life so much easier for them. Just go around with you know more self awareness about who you are as a person, but also as a leader at the end, you are a human being in the workplace. Yep. And from that perspective, life becomes much easier because that helps you really to create more awareness and to address issues differently. Helps also to avoid conflict, not that much anymore because suddenly right. it becomes a bit easier because your own position is clearer. You feel more solid within yourself somehow. And that enables also better conflict management. Boy, boy. That's so powerful. I mean, I, I think about you know young leaders going into the workforce now. If they were able to get some of these mm -hmm. concepts and skills, you know, in their early twenties, how it would just set them up for success as they 
continue to grow. Um, in some of my research and reading, uh, I, I've uh, I came across some stuff where you talk about the no do gap. Uh, how does how does that knowing that how does that help you know so our impactful communication? How does it trans you know translate into action and meaningful change? Mm. Actually, between knowing and doing, there's a gap. Like <laughs> right, <laughs> there's something missing. Something missing because we always think when we know something, we do something. Yeah, because we know we, we but we all know that we have to go to the gym or work out to be fit, but yep. we don't do it. I mean, some do it, but right. of course we don't. We know that we should eat healthier to be healthy. Do yep. we do it every day? No, we don't. Yeah, for sure. And exactly the same applies to every given situation you can imagine in the workplace. So what we don't do when we do something is actually that we do not consider that before doing something or before other people do something, they need to feel something without mm -hmm. there's the emotional part in between that we do not consider at all because we think when we have a logical argument that is rational and compelling enough with uh, five pros and zero cons that people will logically act upon it. Yep. But they don't, if they have a belief that it will never work, that creates fear of failure, which is an emotion, and right. then they don't do. So we don't think about about you know what this what, the, what because knowing is about facts but it's also about beliefs and these right. beliefs create emotions or fears most right. of the time it's about fears when we don't do something fear of rejection fear of failure most of the times and then we don't do it because we postpone we procrastinate on things because exactly because of that we don't get into action mode and that is the point that we be clear we clear about do i have something that's really holding me back here do I believe in communication? I see that very often introvert people or people who believe, and they might be right, that they are introverts. And they believe most of the time, <laughs> even if I do this communication training forever, I will never be a good communicator because I'm <laughs> right. an introvert. I will never be inspiring. I will never feel uh, comfortable in front of an audience and so on and so forth. And because of the fact that they believe that, they have the emotion of, oh, 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 I will not even get into that. I will not even try because then I cannot fail. And this is why they will not apply the skills that I have, that I have been trained. Wow. On. Wow. And that's exactly what's happening with everything we don't do. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's so good. I mean, and I think that's why it's so important to have, you know, a mentor leader or a coach or, you know, someone who's, you know, who believes in your success, but is pushing you and making sure you're, you're taking those steps. Uh, Cause we, I mean, how many people have you probably come across that I've come across who just say, stay stuck in that no part. I know I should do this. I know I want to be there. And then 20 years goes by. Yeah. And they just needed those action steps. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's a shame of losing, losing all these years. But yeah, we all know situations. If we think back of our own lives, we all remember things where we yeah. have really procrastinated <laughs> for 20 years on something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I've been there. Like, I, I can't judge. Uh, when you go in and, and you work with, you know, leaders in a company or you're doing some corporate training, are there some key you know, communication practices that you're making sure that, you know, kind of lay the foundation for them. You know, if you're going, hey, if you guys want to keep improving, we've got to make sure this foundation is strong. I know you've given us some already in this. I mean, some of the great gold you've already given us, but just wondering if there's any other pieces to that foundation. 
Well, I can rather wrap up what I said, because I think that's important. I work with personality styles. There are many different models out there. I work with a very simple model. It's around four styles. They're called dominance, stimulants, balance, harmony. Very simple. It's a little bit similar to the disc model of those who know the disc model, but it's not exactly the same. So how do, it's, it's about first step number one, understand what profile you are. What are your motivations? So step number two, really understand how you are motivated for certain goals. And also mm. how can you motivate yourself maybe indirectly for a goal that is not that motivating for you. Yep. Yeah? And once you are clear on that, you can come with authenticity and speak to others about that goal, knowing also or having thought about before who is in this group I'm speaking to, who are my team members? Mm. Are they very similar to me? Are they totally different from me? Are there seven out of 10 who are very similar and one or two profiles that are totally different? Then you need to really have your own strategy, how you communicate, maybe you do it as a group, but you focus more on the bigger, on the majority in terms of your wording and how, what's in it for them. You think about that. And when you have one or two who are really different, you take them aside and say, I know that what I said in the meeting was maybe not super compelling for you because I know that you actually love change. And so for you, I thought about there would be this or that in that project that might be interesting. What do you think? So it's about, it's about having that step. First, you, then you think about how you communicate that. And then you come from this place of, of really understanding yourself first. And I think that is absolutely Mm. key. Only then you can stop thinking in your head all the time. Oh, do they listen to me? Do they believe me? How should I say that? Am I convincing enough in my voice? You don't have to think about that when you feel convinced, when you feel that this is what I want to say, I'm fine with it personally. Then you can concentrate on the other. And what I said before is communication is not just about sending a message, but being receptive while you're sending and adapting, you know, open, not thinking of yourself. We all have this chatterbox in our head that says, oh, I'm standing in the right place. What am I doing with my hands? Should I look at the PowerPoint? No, I should not look at the PowerPoint. Ah, I should look in the eyes of people. I forgot that, you know, these kind of things. (laughs) When you have that going on, how the heck can you focus on your audience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they feel that. They feel that you're somewhere else, even if you speak to them, even if you speak publicly. Especially then just be open to feel what's coming from them, just perceiving it because you feel solid in your delivery. But that's only possible when you have been very clear and very boldly honest with yourself about your position towards what you will say. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is that is just incredible. I mean, that is just gold. Well, I could ask you at least, you know, 20 more questions, but our, our time is wrapping up. Let me ask you just a couple of rapid fire questions before I let you uh, off so that our, our listeners can kind of keep getting to know you. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about speakers and storytelling. Do you have a favorite speaker or storyteller that every time you listen to them, you just think, oh, I could listen to them all day long? I come with a, I come with a classic. Okay. <laughs> it's Simon Sinek. I love it. Why? Because he's extreme, extremely passionate about what he's saying and he's super authentic because, I mean, I don't know him personally, unfortunately, but <laughs> it's obvious that what he says comes from the heart. Yes. Always speak with his full energy. And I yes. think this is the best example to understand what it means and how convincing you can be when you have a clear position about your message. 
and yes. when you really believe it yourself. So yes. I, I, I love, every, every time he opens his mouth, you can hear or listen to him every, wherever. It's always exactly that. And that's absolutely. Really Do you have a favorite uh, leadership podcast or a guilty pleasure podcast that you just, it just fills you up? You'd love to recommend this to our listeners? I have, I, I don't, I don't listen to podcasts for fun, actually, but for information, because I'm a big learn, learning person. Yes. There, there is one which always delivers, obviously, very good quality and is already for years as the HBR idea cast. Mm. And I like it because you can, you can, there are a lot of different topics. And depending on what your leadership issue is right now, you can, you can find things. And um, it's very solid. So it's not fun or super innovative or inspiring, but it's yes. very solid. And I think at the end, most people just need a bit of security also in what they're delivering, what they're doing. And that's what yep. you get there. Yeah. Uh, is there a book that you recommend every leader, every leader? If there's only one book, every leader has to read this. I, I have this one. Coaching for Performance love it. by Sir John Whitmore. <laughs> It's about actually, it's about leading with questions. So it's this famous coaching oh. leadership style. And for me, that is the evolution of great communication yep. to help people by asking them, by not imposing our own solutions, but by really asking them so many questions until they come up with their own solutions, because this is how you create engagement. It's a time consuming oh. way of managing people, definitely, in the beginning, at least. But uh, it's 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 a good investment in my opinion. If you start coaching for performance with the leader with your team, after I would say best case three months, maybe six months, where you have to do a lot of work and invest much more time in one-on-one -on -one discussions, yep. you will get that time back afterwards because you will have the people will just be so much more um, engaged, autonomous, um, full of their own ideas, empowered. And that will help you a lot as a leader to then delegate with much more confidence to them. Wow. And I just have to ask you one more because you live in a, a very beautiful part of the world. What's, what's the best part about living in Switzerland? I think it's the nature in general. And in Switzerland, you have a lot of mountains, you have a lot of lakes, yep. and it's really stunning. I, I live now in Zurich. I mean, you can go to also the big cities around the lakes or to the mountains as such. But what I love is you have a, a, a beautiful city like Zurich or Geneva or Lausanne or Montreux. Yep. <laughs> and many of those. <laughs> where you have the lake and then you have mountains in the background oh. and you have even snowy mountains in the background, even in summer and you can you can lay down there and go for a swim and the sun is beautifully warm and you see wow. the snow together. I love it and it's beautiful. Wow. It's, it's just really stunning. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, my goodness, thank you so much. You have poured out such amazing wisdom and insight. Where can we make sure we send our uh, listeners to find out more about you? So the best place, I think, is my website because okay. you'll also find a video about me, hear me a bit speaking, have an idea about that. And my name, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately complicated. So the website <laughs> is my name, enriqueseminati.com. Yep. And <laughs> or you find me on LinkedIn, very simply. That's the, really the two places where you find me mostly. And um, just get in touch, drop me a note, get in contact, connect, whatever. I would be it. pleased to get in touch. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll make sure we post that in our email and in our show notes and in our Facebook group and make sure we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put all that. Thank you again. Really appreciate your time. This was such a great, great conversation and so helpful. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And thank you for being on the Speak With People podcast. We just really appreciate you being part of our uh, listeners who every single week we're together. We're taking steps forward to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in our lives. Again, hopefully today challenged you. And my hope is that you will speak with people and not at them. We'll see you next week. Thanks again.